0: I'm always recording in, like, the dead of night now, and so I feel like I'm not going to, like, drink because it'll, like, knock me out. Yeah, the 7 p.m. is nice.
1: Yeah, this is a good vibe because it just got dark right now. I got in my PJs all cozy. I have my socks on, like, my fuzzy socks and, like, a little hard kombucha cocktail. Oh,
0: that's so nice. Hard kombucha. That's interesting. Yeah, it just,
1: uh, I liked the cute, like, little packaging. It have, like, flowers on it, so I bought Wait, it. Wait,
2: which one is it?
1: um it's a june shine black june shine oh my God. Yeah.
2: i have one of those my first a june shine bar just opened up not far from me that's like owned by them yeah that's cute oh, i
1: like it because it's pink too it's like mm-hmm. a little really pink thing
2: you know all right so wait hold on william
0: yes. tell me said hi sam says hi
2: <laughs> okay let's go
0: william is the Brett east and alice of today's
2: episode
1: william is the brett easton ellis of alexis apartment
2: he honestly is yeah He's the sam sam bateman <laughs> <Whatever the laughs> kid is.
0: sean bateman i was yeah. trying to make a connection to the last episode because today's theme is like potentially 80s relevant maybe mm-hmm. not we haven't decided yet
1: mm-hmm. it's definitely recognizably in the 80s at of portion of
2: it (laughs) at some point yeah
1: (laughs) it's like the original idea was sparked in the 80s and then when we started looking at the actual fashion of this period we were like this is not exactly the vibe but maybe like spiritually it's Mm. the vibe but not sartorially you know
0: i guess it all started when we saw pictures of kylie jenner and her crew including justin bieber hayley bieber stassi etc on a kind of of end-of-year trip to Aspen, Colorado to do some skiing, to wear some clothes. And I would say that those, I mean, all photos of the Kardashians are always, like, widely circulated, but people are definitely having a little smoochy smoochy moment seeing those pictures of them in Aspen.
1: There's a lot of great paparazzi photos of vintage Aaliyah dresses and coats and stuff, and, like, a lot of Sherpa... Um, it was, like, a very feminine style of dress that they are wearing, which I feel like is kind of unlike them. Like, I think they tend to do something more, like, sleek, batty type thing. Um, not as much feminine, soft clothing.
2: Yeah, there's this one picture of her wearing an Alia 1987 edition shearling coat and, like, a giant, fluffy bucket hat. And, yeah, we don't really see them wear outerwear, ever, I guess, because they're always in L.A., So yeah, it was weird to see them switch up the vibe a little bit. And it was also a bit cozy, their small squad ringing in the new year. But I would say that their looks were a little bit more like winter out west than apres-ski, which, in case we haven't said it yet, is like the theme of the episode. (laughs) Because they were incorporating these elements like denim and cowboy boots and shearling. And it wasn't really like super ski but also this is one theory i have that this renewed interest in the frontier is a new type of luxury taste i think it's a well-known thing that a lot of rich people like to go to jackson hole and aspen and lake tahoe especially like people from the west coast who are like you know in search of authenticity (laughs) or something yeah
1: Because traditionally, I guess, historically, California has always been seen as part of the Old West and the Southwest, but that sort of landscape has changed drastically in the past few decades and has become more of its own thing. None of the West- tends to claim it culturally, even though they do have a lot of historical similarities. But I think generally what I found interesting when I was looking at these looks of these Nepo babies going to Aspen together, was that it did kind of give off this vibe of salmon instinctively returning to their place of birth because I just know that Alec Baldwin and Kris Jenner were like sliding around in skis (laughs) in the 80s in Aspen, like doing cocaine or having. A bunch of really glitzy and glamorous parties and this sort of led me to look into kind of what the culture of Aspen was in the 80s and I was or going into the 80s and I was actually kind of surprised by a lot of the descriptions that I found which I think fall in line with this um western vibe that draws a lot of Californians. I don't know if you guys saw like I read this little pdf academic paper called Aspenization of Telleroy and The author E. Duke Ritchie defined Austinization as an inherently political term that by the 80s had evolved into a code for selling out in the American West and elsewhere. And I found it kind of interesting because a lot of the things he pointed out reminded me a lot of Austin, which is where I live, because he described Aspen, between 1940 and 1980, is this community of like young bums and layabouts, like ski bums. And he described the majority of the population being between the ages of 20 and 40, which was demographically very rare at the time. And it was just a lot of young men and women of a particular age who were trying to figure out what to do with their lives. And then all of a sudden, during the Reagan era, the changes in tax codes and free market capitalism heralded in all of this new money. And a lot of people in Aspen tended to claim it was better back in the day. That's like similar to Austin <laughs> for me. You know, I think yeah. there's a lot of like intersector.
2: I was really surprised to find out that Aspen was kind of like countercultural in the 70s. And it was a place where, you know, layabouts and creatives would retreat to, to just have fun. Yeah. I guess it has been known as like a retreat, but it kind of reminds me of just in terms of its lore as a cultural phenomenon. It reminds me of like Art Basel or Coachella or something like something that used to be cool, but then like got overrun with rich people. And now everyone's like, it used to be cooler.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I actually when I was reading about Aspen's affluence, I read that it's still one of the most expensive places to visit and to buy real estate. And it's the most expensive ski resort in the world. And that kind of surprised me. I think it's because the name Aspen became the name of girls who are like Mormon or something. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it has like a, it's, there's something kind of like not very sophisticated about the name Aspen. Even though one of my favorite beauty gurus turned mommy vlogger, Aspen Ovard, is named Aspen. But that kind of speaks to my point because she's from Utah.
1: That's actually a really good point that I hadn't thought about because, well, maybe I can connect it back to sort of the frat vibe of Aspen in the 80s. At first, we were going to focus on Aspen in the 80s, but when we started Googling it, we realized and remembered the obvious, which is that like Aspen in the 80s is a very common theme for frat parties throughout the years. And so it's been overrun and repackaged this like ugly, colorful two-piece ski suit wearing cosplay type thing. And I think generally Aspen became kind of a destination for fratty people in the 80s and a lot of sorority girls and frat boys have parents that were maybe going to Aspen and stuff to different resorts and were able to like accessibly acquire the Aspen in the 80s look because their parents just had that stuff lying around from back in the 80s. But I think that's interesting about the expensiveness of Aspen, because I think that's also why it was so young in the 1980s, because it's generally people who are younger and have the limited amount of responsibility that are able to live in really expensive cities, because once you get older, you have a lot more responsibility. You're trying to settle down, buy a home for your family, and most people are not going to be able to do that in a place like Aspen, another similarity to Austin that I
0: noticed. There's a new record set, which is that there's like a house in Aspen that's on the market for the $100 million right now,
2: oh um, which I guess is like
0: a record in the area. But on that note, I was reading an article from the New York Times last night from I think 2007, and the whole idea was about middle class Aspen because People generally have the idea that if people that come to visit and ski who are rich or like celebrities, and then there's like the the service class that lives in nearby towns. But the whole premise of the article was this guy, the opening line was like, when people ask where I'm from, I just say Colorado and I beg that they don't question it because he didn't <laughs> want to tell them that he was from Aspen because he considered himself a normal middle class person. And yeah, so I guess that ties back into your Aspenization thing, which is that it really does have this specific extreme wealth that just by virtue of hearing the word, even though I think of my favorite influencer. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: No, yeah, that was the premise of that article that I read on Aspen was that it actually is kind of a generally more upper middle class to middle class town, of course, because you can't live in Aspen year round and like be kind of a jet-setting
0: star, right? Like, you kind of just have a house there as a vacation destination. I guess adding to this idea that Aspen has a history before it became the celebrity hotspot is that, or that it has this still this western vibe, is that I read that part of the reason that real estate is so expensive there is because a lot of the land around Aspen is public land Mm. or, like, part of large private ranches. So the housing costs have soared partially because of that which i think that's a big difference between like the east coast and the west coast is like there's a lot of public land in the west but that definitely that definitely makes it seem more i mean i actually don't know what public land is really like
2: is it empty probably right what can you do there like does anyone like watch it
0: yeah I think so. Game wardens game wardens, yeah, you can go
1: like hiking there. I don't know. a lot of it is like kind of like natural preserves, like America really likes to um keep like natural uh landmarks in pristine condition because we're such a huge country, and we really like to flex our um biodiversity on the rest of the world. Mm. I think
0: I think this really sets the tone for like this intersection between Hollywood and Bohemian Lifestyles, which is that Honor Thompson for a while worked out of a downtown hotel in Aspen and also apparently ran unsuccessfully for county sheriff, which <laughs> that type of activity is like my, like I love local politics now, so I love that kind of thing. And then I feel like John Denver, the singer, also kind of has this whimsical Western staring at the moon, smoking on a pipe type of thing. And he also wrote a couple songs about Aspen after living there.
1: It is a beautiful observation. I'm obsessed with him. That is really surprising because I guess how Aspen exists in my mind is very much what I see represented on TikTok in the form of a bunch of women in like Louis Vuitton pashminas walking around in like giant Sorel boots with like little fluffy dogs at like a <laughs> sleek and chic St. Regis hotel, you know?
2: Yeah, it used to have more of a... Bohemian Grove kind of feel to it. I think it's kind of a meme at this point of West Coast technocrats who need to go to these types of towns because they need nature and privacy to stay grounded. Mm -hmm. But it's like the types of people that ironically what they're retreating from is the business of technology and infringing other people's privacy. Yeah. So I kind of like that element of it, that it's a little bit ironic, but I do think it has change yeah i do see like a lot of girls ski trips
1: i feel like also this was kind of existing in my head because of that viral tiktok of that ski baby dancing to that edm dj set on top of a snowy mountain do you guys know what i'm talking about no
0: sounds cute though
1: i feel like that ski edm baby Is similar to the art Basel vibes that you were talking about, Alexi, because I feel like art Basel is now totally populated by like EDM bros. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: it's just people who are like looking for a party, but in like different destinations. Mm -hmm. Also, the whole vibe of après ski is that it's like high risk, high reward. This has happened to me before because my friends have invited me on ski trips before, and I'm like, guys, like I can't really ski. Like I've skied a couple of times, but I'm not good at it. And I was like, yeah, but I'll still go, like it'll still be fun to just like hang out in a ski resort and like drink. But my friends have been critical of me saying that. I'm like, no, like sorry, I don't wanna like exert my energy all this on the slopes all day.
1: It does seem like the hardest leisure sport. It sounds like a lot of work. Also, the danger of it really reminds me to like this is really sad. This might be a bummer, but like I feel like there's a lot of ski deaths. Like Natasha Richardson died in the ski accident, right. right? Yeah. And like I feel like there's been a lot of celebrities injured in skiing accidents, and I just feel like rich people of the world have this spectrum of leisure sports, golfing, that is like probably the least danger dangerous, except for like alligators that pop out of the lakes <laughs> in the <air. laughs> which I feel like is really cool and funny, but um. And skiing seems like the most dangerous. And like in Texas, we have kind of like an equivalent of that, which is ATVs, on ranches and stuff. It just feels like Mm -hmm. these are the types of leisure sport activities where you hear like the biggest tragedies. Also like helicopter accidents. Well, also like avalanches. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I see a lot of TikToks of avalanches.
1: Me too, actually. I saw one last night.
2: But they always have really clip captions where they're just like, "If this happened, what would you do?" And everyone's like, "What the fuck do you mean? What would I do?" Like,
0: <laughs> I, would just, so true. Like... I watched something with like an avalanche recently. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a dream. Mulan. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't Mulan. But you have. To, it's like when if you get packed under snow, you have to spit and like see which direction the spit goes because you don't know if you're upside down. Or mm-hmm. which direction you are if you're covered underneath an avalanche.
2: You, I feel like you would because like your blood would be rushing to your head.
0: I feel like you'd be so cold though that you would probably have weird sensory things going on.
1: Yeah, your blood's like immobile because it's frozen. Um oh, that's sad. No, that, that you're saving lives for this. That's good that you said that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's gonna save someone's life.
2: Have we ever talked about anything that's like this crunchy before? Like, I don't think we've talked about any kind of like outdoorsy. I guess like Coachella, but that's not really. Coachella,
1: it. it's like crusty pastiche. I guess no, yeah, because that's funny that we maybe should talk about some crunchy things. I feel like I have a lot of crunchy history and that I could draw on.
0: I think we talked about Young Life and the Christian girl Autumn, and that is. Very crunchy, but that's like Southern crunchy, which is this is a very different type.
2: Yeah, Southern crunchy is just like you're literally just like hiking and putting up an Eno. Like it's very low exertion. You just like look at a sunset. I think this is really, it's kind of giving the vibes of I just want to feel something. Like your life has to be so easy that you're like, I am going to choose to wear 20 pounds of clothes and go out in the freezing cold. I don't know. Like I do remember skiing being enjoyable, but you also have to be really good at it for it to be enjoyable. And this is kind of like a discourse in new york i guess and probably in other places i guess some companies will do ski retreats a lot of tech companies Mm -hmm. because it's just like implied that everyone knows how to ski but then like people who are like from lower income backgrounds have like started speaking out against it and being like this is kind of like a form of classism because like what are we supposed to do if we don't know how to ski and you guys aren't providing any options for like beginners it is one of those things where I've been in certain cir- circles of people where, like, when they find out you can't ski, they're just like, what? It just doesn't make sense to them. But I'm like, when did you guys learn? Like, Yeah, I'm not really
1: sure how that... And even here in Texas, like, we're really close
2: to Colorado, and I've been to Colorado. I've, like,
1: driven there and stuff, and it is, like, I feel like it is super rare. I feel like it needs to be... It feels like more of a um coastal thing.
0: I, I agree with that, because I feel like I grew up with a lot of people that would go to Colorado for skiing... But they started doing it from, like, a really young age. And so I definitely think it's a good way to weed out the pores, like you said.
2: I need to organize, like, you know how there's, like, a hot girl walk? There needs to be a hot girl's don't ski, but, like, cosplay the ski lifestyle. But I can see how someone would be like, this is stolen valor, because, like, you got to go through it to get to it type of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, because this is what I'm thinking as well, where it feels really complicated to learn to ski, because I feel like people go on ski vacations for, like, a week at a time, and it's like you literally have to go skiing every year for, like, 10 years to get good at skiing.
2: Yeah, it's like scuba diving. You have to put in the work. Yeah. Officially licensed. When is this happening? For it shows like- the time is really the greatest currency because who the hell has the time? So
0: true. Yeah, and also there's so much around, I mean, I guess we're kind of talking about this, but, like, I always see TikToks about what girls are wearing on ski slopes. And I feel like if you're wearing, like, a old not that warm not waterproof not skiing jacket you're not part of this
2: really yeah you need like a monochromatic ski suit
0: yeah it's all kind of like form-fitting and and then there's the question of the slut strands do you guys know what those are i actually have no
1: idea what that is
0: so i also saw that i saw this on tiktok but it's basically girls that do snow sports like skiing and snowboarding you pull the little pieces of hair that frame your face out of like your hat or I guess like your helmet so that you can like show that you're you're a a sexy girl (laughs) yes prove that you're
2: a girl it's like when they put like eyelashes on an animated elephant, or <laughs> <laughs> it's a girl elephant, it's an <laughs> elephant. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was so perplexed when I heard them being called slut strands, but that's crazy. That reminds me. Okay, so obviously, like snowboarding culture is really connected to skateboarding culture because, like, people they just are. But it reminds me of, like, how they call girls that hang out around gate parks, like, ramp tramps and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and also, wait, I I keep getting TikToks of people, like, I've never experienced this culture in my whole life. I don't know a single person who's ever played hockey, like, from where I (gasps) grew up. But, like, just, like, people doing impressions of hockey bros, and it's, like, this very... I don't even know what to call the accent. Like, I guess it's fratty, but it's also so northern. Growy. Uh, they call girls, like, puck bunnies, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a thing that, like, boys on a hockey team will bond by all fucking the same girl. There's, like, a name for it. I'm just like, what is it about this that's... There's some, like, underlying degeneracy to this, but I guess that's Aspen in the 80s for you.
1: Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, that's, like, um. I think a lot of the stuff that I read about it, um, seems like honestly, it has kind of like a millennial vibe a little bit. Like, um, a lot of the people that were moving to Aspen in the eighties or moving to Aspen and lived there in the eighties, they were kind of there in the sixties and seventies as this like countercultural thing. And then they hit like their thirties or something and kind of realized that they need to start making money and they kind of sold themselves out and started working for like corporate culture while like simultaneously criticizing it um, and facilitating like really hard. I don't know where I was going with this, but I think generally
0: like... I was meaning to ask you if you guys... Aspen reminds me a lot of Palm Springs because as we talked about in the last episode, I read the book Gen X this year, which is about Mm -hmm. despondent Gen Xers and their 20s working service jobs in Palm Springs, which is in California. And it's like this desert resort town so it does it has that like slacker energy where you go there to like enjoy the vibes and like have a service job and live your life and um not have like a marketing job or something but Mm -hmm. then it also has this like contrast with the kardashians oh they have a house in palm springs and they always talk about like how they have to go up there in their episodes which i guess is true of like any resort town though is that There's that, like, fun-seeking people who bust tables.
1: God, Mm -hmm. Austin just has so many similarities to this. Because, like, I don't know what it is about these types of towns. And I think they also, their culture is really defined by a sudden influx of new wealth. Here, there there has always been, here in Austin, like, a very strong culture of, like, service industry people, bartenders, waiters. It's super competitive. People make a ton of money bartending. And it's, like, a very distinctly Austin culture. And it's a very clicky, like kind of grimy thing and suddenly now there's this huge influx of tech money coming in and it's totally transforming the city and there's a bunch of people who were like once extremely anti whatever like punk like anti-establishment and bummy have realized like maybe I should start applying for like Facebook and Twitter and Google and that sort of thing and like a lot of people I do know who were just service industry bumps have begun to sort of Aspinize themselves, to use mm. that term. The self-aspenization. <laughs> the self-aspenization, yeah. yeah. I think it's just really interesting how that tends to happen in, like, towns that claim such a bummy identity. Because I think you can only be a bum for so long, you know?
2: Kind of reminds me of the... This is such a classic dynamic in any destination, vacation destination. It reminds me of the first season of White Lotus when, like, the girl falls in love with the, like, Hawaiian guy who works at the resort. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're, like, the locals who have... A lot of fun and like party in their own way.
0: Yeah. When I was trying to describe that tension or I don't know, divide between the service workers in Palm Springs and like the celebrities from Hollywood, I was like, you know, like the Outer Banks people. Because that's, <laughs> like what the show Outer Banks is about, I'm pretty sure. The locals and then the people who have vacation homes in the like outer yeah. banks of North Carolina.
2: It is kind of a millennial vibe, like you said, Sam. I just saw a TikTok about this girl who's like, guys, like, life hack. This is my whole lifestyle and financial model. I just go live in a tourist or beach town for their high season and make mm-hmm. a ton of money and save up a ton and then like do nothing for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, that's the model here because we have South by Southwest and Austin City Limits. And so a lot of businesses here don't make a lot of money throughout the year, but they rely entirely on how much like the influx of all the people like coming in during those two festivals and just making a ton of money off of that. And so everybody is like a service industry worker here because they really can like there's like my boyfriend's next door neighbor is literally a bartender and he owns a house in a really like nice part of Austin. It's like crazy to own a house. In Austin, you know what I mean? That's like insane, and he can because because him and his wife are like bartenders. You can't actually live a comfortable lifestyle doing that, but it's just such a stressful culture that I think it creates around things, and also kind of like angry and very uh, resentful of the outsiders.
2: Yeah, I've never done that, and I don't think I'd ever be able to do it. So props to anyone who has done that before. <laughs> yeah, it
0: sucks I'm a veteran,
2: but I guess I worked at a movie theater. Once, I used but... to be a
0: hostess. It was. Um, a fun job. In New Orleans, actually, which probably has a really similar service culture to Austin, but mm-hmm. on yeah. probably a different level. Oh, yeah,
2: especially with being like seasonal and having like mm-hmm. a very clearly defined high season.
0: I was gonna say that there's definitely a connection to festivals with these three or these places. Like around Aspen, there's the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, and I think there's other festivals. There's
2: a film festival. There a film Telluride. festival
0: as well, and then. Palm Springs is like really close to Coachella in the Indio Valley and then Austin as well is like with the two festivals you just said I guess Austin lacks that physical beauty that Palm Springs and Aspen are obviously known for
1: yeah I mean it can get really pretty around it like in the hill country but it's like hard to get out of Austin to see it But actually, I just want to mention, this This has nothing to do with anything, but when me and my family went to Colorado when I was little, we went to Estes Park, and we, like, stayed there, and my dad discovered this festival called Frozen Dead Guy Days, because Estes Park, Colorado has this, like, super rich guy that, like, cryogenetically froze himself so that you could revive him in the future, and he's, like, in Estes Park, Colorado, and they created, like, a festival surrounding the Frozen Dead Guy, and it's called the Frozen Dead Guy Days and they have frozen t-shirt contests and coffin races. It's like really weird.
0: That's crazy. I interviewed the lady who runs the cryogenics lab in oh, that's um, right. Arizona. But I guess this guy did it independently since he's in his own facility, it sounds. Yeah, he did it like in the fifties
1: or something. Mm. It was like a very like retrofuturist billionaire who was afraid to die. I hear Larry King is also (laughs) looking into cryogenetically freezing himself, but... Oh, we should
2: let him have that. Yeah. Um,
0: I read that the age that most people want to return to if, if they're cryogenically reanimated is 25. Oh, Wow! Yeah, yeah, just interesting for the listeners. Yeah. You're feeling some kind of way. <laughs> when we
2: open our cry, Jennifer, yeah. <laughs> Um. I just want to say Aspen in the '80s—the reason why I, feel, or part of the reason why I feel like it's a popular party theme and has like a, such a party vibe—and we said, you know, Chris Jenner was probably doing Coke in the '80s is because of this notion of cabin fever, and I feel like especially for people that are from like, a big city or like belong to a scene or are socialites i think part of the appeal of going to somewhere like this is because of the seclusion and cabin fever seems like a real thing it's kind of like the mentality almost like a music festival of like what happens here stays here Mm. you know that's actually really good but i've i've never experienced that so i'm like can someone please like just invite me so i can see what happens
1: yeah we should we should go to colorado just for fun because i have no idea how to ski
2: actually i did go to colorado and some shit did happen there that
1: No, that's, like, the vibe because of the mountains. It just feels like you're literally in, like, a weird basin of, like...
2: Yeah, I I mean, like, going out west for the first time for me was actually mind-blowing because, like, I'm from South Carolina where, of course, there are rural areas, but there's no... There's nothing near the sense of pure scale of just, like, whoa, like, America is big. And, like, there's literally nothing around for miles and miles and miles. Yeah, I'm,
0: like, psychotically obsessed with that feeling. I'm, like... That's why people get so, like crazy obsessed with wyoming because it's like a sensation most people have an experience which is this like vast wide open flatness which obviously mm-hmm. we're both from the same place so i know i definitely know what you mean but like my mom is obsessed with wyoming as well
2: it was kanye yeah
0: and my sister my sister and my mom have like been there together and i don't know they always talk you? about i like certainly i don't know i was not invited for some reason i, don't, I can't imagine <laughs> where i was But they were just talking about how there's always, like, 20 people in every town, and you, like, go toward, like, the the town jail from, like, the 1800s and stuff like that, and I can definitely see how that is, uh, I mean, also, I feel like places like this are why you'll see TikToks that are, like, the most beautiful country on Earth, America, like.
2: Yeah, but it's, like, somewhere that literally, like, you, like, no one accesses it. Also, The Shining is set in Colorado, which is also kind of about, like, cabin fever and going insane <laughs> and falling into alcoholism. That's
1: in Asta's Park. I, I visited, like, the hotel where, like, Stephen <gasps> King. The Stanley Hotel. Yeah, I went to the Stanley Hotel. Oh like, yeah, I, like, took, I, like, snuck into the, um, because you're, like, non-guests are not supposed to, like, go upstairs or whatever, but I, like, snuck in and took, like, this creepy film photo of the room where he stayed in, and there was an <gasps> orb. There was an orb there, oh, so, wow. we, you no. know, it was haunted. Dude, I have that, like, on my wall in my bedroom. Uh, my childhood childhood
2: bedroom it kind of says a lot about society because it's like they literally go insane because they're the only people who are occupying this space when it's not economically viable or something like no one goes and stays there because like you would literally get snowed in guys we should do a cabin fever social experiment I would love to just go to a hotel and <laughs> stay there together and no one else is around. I do
1: that literally like every weekend. Like I just drive around. T- I literally, I've driven like literally everywhere in Texas just like out of boredom and like just go to like the middle of nowhere towns and like literally tour like the town jail. And there's like 200 people there and everyone's like super hostile. That's so
2: cool. That's what everyone should be doing if they have a car. God, it's so yeah. fun. It's literally like I feel like a
1: trucker like 24 7. It's like
0: the best. I I really highly recommend like a trip through the American West. I agree. And also just like drinking a Coca-Cola from a fountain drink dispenser while doing that is just amazing. Also, I I wanna say that I architectured for myself a cabin fever experiment next week. I'm going to the Grove Park Inn. Do you guys know what that is? Oh, that's right. I
1: don't know what it is, but
0: it's a super old and historic hotel in Asheville, North Carolina. And it was like one of these like hotels, that, like all the presidents went to. And it was, I don't know, I guess, I guess it's the same vibe of like a snowy resort place, but a bit old. A, it old. is in the mountains. Yeah. Too. And it's older than Aspen. But it's like, it's basically in this giant like s- stone cabin lodge. And I am excited.
2: It literally has a grotto. Yeah, like. it has a grotto.
0: Yeah. But the grotto costs, just to swim in that pool, it costs $240 a person a day. Oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't do it. Damn, so dude. I literally, we'll I, could, yeah, that, that, I can only afford to stay in my room when I get there. So I'm gonna, like, literally get cabin fever. Wow. And it's also apparently haunted by this lady called the Pink Lady. And it's also the site of the, um... <laughs> National gingerbread competition every year, just saying gingerbread house. Also, you're a writer, and Jack Nicholson
1: was a writer in The Shining, and he had to write his book. So, and he just said, and he kind of
0: flopped. I feel like (laughs) my life, anyways, I think I'm like kind of reclusive. You're like all work and no play, makes Jack a dull boy. I don't know why I'm acting like I'm going there alone. I'm literally going with my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm like oh, all alone again. <laughs> I
2: mean, he has his wife there. Yeah, People that's so you know,
0: know, true.
2: Really Jack, I'll be the baby who's on a <laughs> tricycle. <laughs> the tricycle
1: with a little boy in his mouth. Didn't we have some Danny. sort of little boy in his mouth like thing happen on yeah, the
2: podcast? He had a. He would use his finger to talk. Wait, but, yeah. Um, oh, the puppet. The hand yeah, puppet. I that we had. Yeah.
0: yeah, I want to rewatch totally. The Shining. To be honest, I feel like it actually will. It will make me feel some kind of way about this episode. Probably, it's
2: like a major part of my life. Yeah. I just worked on this book that mm. is like two thousand pages about it that just got released for fifteen hundred dollars. and Everyone's really pissed. They're like, "How oh, are we supposed to buy it?" <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> but it's got a lot of fun facts about The Shining. I'm like an expert. Somebody
1: should buy it. Like one of our listeners.
2: I know. <laughs> like we remember when that listener about the Tiki book, whoever that was. Like you like Yeah, shout out to you.
1: Yeah. That was so nice. Whoever that? like that is the nicest person ever. I'm so glad they did that. I know. That's a true I'm fan. Take
2: our recommendations. Well, someone in this episode needs to I don't know, buy the um aspenization article <laughs> I know, no, I have the
1: I have the uh, PDF. If oh seriously, like guys, if you want to read that aspenization article, like just like DM me or like email us or something, I will send it to you. I have the PDF for free.
0: We'll put it on Arena. Oh, we can put it on Arena. That's right.
2: I forgot we did that. Yeah. Okay, wait. <laughs> we should talk about fashion. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's just so much else. to like say, say every
2: episode. I'm like, what about
0: the fashion? <laughs>
2: um. Okay. Wait. Do you, I'll just give a a ski fashion timeline that I have carefully crafted from like two articles that I read. Okay. 1924- nineteen
0: twenty four. Nineteen twenty
2: four. All <laughs> uh, of the red wine's going to my head. I'm having cabin fever. Uh, okay, nineteen twenty four. First Winter Olympics ever. So like skiing kind of goes mainstream because everyone has to like watch people do it yeah. professionally. Nineteen uh, thirties like ski suits had a very cunty pilot suit <laughs> kind of silhouette that was like high waisted and with these big balloon shaped, almost like jawed trousers. In the 1940s, it was like a little bit more slim fitting, but still kind of bulky. But then in the 50s, spandex was invented. And this is when we finally get like the skin tight and stretchy look. The Montclair jacket also came out in 1952, um, which I think that's like the brand that's most synonymous with um, like skiing fashion collab. And to this day, I feel like, I don't know, they've kind of blown up in the past few years. Um, Yeah. And then in the '60s, I would say that this is like peak ski glam for me, um, because of the link to space age fashion designers like Pierre Cardin. So you know, like these snood kind of like balaclava hoods show up for the first time, which are also very trendy right now. Oh yeah. Um, But also things get more like skin tight than ever because of new fabric technology. So everyone really wanted to look like a skinny, slayful astronaut with like giant ski goggles in these very like monochromatic. Ensembles. Those were like there's this one picture that maybe we can make it the cover or something. It's this picture of Audrey Hepburn after skiing where she's wearing like a snood and these big, like purely black sunglasses, mm-hmm. and she's sitting and drinking like a cup of coffee. And it looks like it could be like a Balenciaga campaign. Like it has that like look to it. Um, and then the 70s is when moon boots were invented and skiwear is now really synthetic and it's overlapping with streetwear because it's like practical enough to wear all the time. More fun prints and saturated colors, but also like the Nordic influence because I feel like in the 70s people were into like beards and like sweaters. 80s is like Aspen in the 80s, these like day glow colors, high flying athleticism. Like when you look this up, you just see pictures of people like screeching and like doing these like weird poses where they're just like, yeah. But also, like after the whole skin tight revolution, things get bulky again for some reason. I'm like, maybe that's because people were like living in. Excess, so they were just like, We want to look like bundled up on purpose. Mm -hmm. This is also when we see like the reintroduction of fur, apres tea partying is like a main event, like lots of pictures of champagne on snow. There are also these like ski bum movies, like Hot Dog and Copper Mountain, that like popularized the lifestyle. And then the 90s, which is something that I'm interested in talking about a little bit more, like. This is when there's a departure from the 80s gaudiness and an appearance of environmentally conscious brands like North Face and Patagonia, and so there's like a new focus on athleticism and outdoorsmanship, and honestly, I don't really know, besides like the ski cunt that we're seeing right now, I don't know if we really developed that far past this. Also like Italian fashion houses like Gucci and Prada, Armani had like a Neve line, which is like snow in Italian, I think, maybe. I feel like the
0: one development past this is like the X Games style. Which isn't even like a specific style, but it's a it's a culture. I feel like the extreme sports, like Sean White, yeah, and he's actually been back in the culture as well because he's like engaged to the actress Nina Dobrev. Shout out! What? Wait, what? Shout out! Um, TFW no vampire GF. Oh yeah. yeah, the collab
2: on that. You need to wear a wedding dress that's somehow shaped like a Henley, <laughs> <laughs> like in jeans.
0: Uh, I feel like Nina Dobrev has like a very athletic
2: body type.
0: Like she's very mm-hmm. lean and seems like she could run a marathon. And they, there's something about them has this like athletic ideal couple.
1: Yeah, they're like aerodynamic. Mm, a very aerodynamic. Yeah. Yeah, like an aerodynamic couple, dude. Their kids gonna be so Olympian. That's
2: like really cool. I could really see her doing that pose. You know when they do the ski jump and they have to lean <laughs> forward. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I can see her. <laughs> I see her really slaying. Yeah, because I
0: feel like we've seen we've seen so many couples where it's like. Kendall Jenner dating a basketball player but we really don't hear about these like extreme sports couples as much Mm -hmm. so you love to see it and everyone loves Sean White as well because they used to call him the flying tomato like I think that's just so cool (laughs) (laughs) and then okay we'll also put this in the bio but I think everyone's also obsessed with not the bio in the show notes everyone's also obsessed with that video of him when he wins like I don't know maybe gold at the Olympics or some big medal And he's like talking about celebrating with drinks and the newscaster is
2: like, oh, you're not 21. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> and it's, it's, Oh yeah, he's so like Mountain Dew. Yes. He's also kinda like Fez from Euphoria, just like a chill ass white dude who's like we don't even have white dudes that have hair like that anymore in the culture. Like there was the guy from Workaholics, I guess. He like... was more
1: put together though. I feel like we need kind of like a greasy, messy guy that's like everybody's favorite, like America's I don't
0: know, America's sweetheart. Guys,
2: type... God, mm, don't say it's Andy. It, it was. <laughs> no. It was. It was it was. Someone else needs to grow out their hair quick.
1: <laughs> <My> God, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> Dude, no, no, I like Ooh. that they normalize acne for men.
0: Who are our candidates? I can't.
1: Our candidates for a greasy America's sweetheart for,
2: yeah. as a
0: man? Like uh. Jack Black.
1: Jack
2: Black. Ugh, God. I think Jack Black has a son who might be of age soon. Mm,
0: okay. Yeah, I would say
2: like maybe like an Adam Sandler child. We're taking. We need to cast someone. Like, I think it's our job though. But also, like, Sean White was just a chill, like, talented yeah. guy. I think people were just obsessed with his, like, humility. I
0: just want to say, I i recently befriended a professional like olympic skier um at <gasps> god camp oh that's right i yeah. forgot about that yeah and she is also a chill ass bitch and she's like yeah i think echoing what you just said there's like a humble like love the mountains addicted to the mountains
1: yeah they like subaru with like a little husky in their car patagonia you yeah.
0: We should say that we know that he's a snowboarder, okay? We know he's not a skier. Yeah. For some reason, I just had this thought, which is like, it was like an intrusive thought, which is like, his cousin is Joe Rogan. <laughs> like, but it's not, because his cousin is actually, no, no, Joe Rogan <laughs> and Gerard Way are cousins. <laughs> but oh, reason, right. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yes, for some reason yes. in my head, I was like, Sean White, Gerard Way, <laughs> and Joe
2: Rogan are all cousins. <laughs> Literally dream cousin rotation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on Instagram and I'm seeing this girl who is in Montana and she posted this video of these two bears fighting Mm. and then a wolf that's like two feet away from her. Wow.
1: Is that just the type of stuff that happens there? Uh, It seems like it. I I couldn't tell you myself, I haven't been there in a long time. but. It seems like that's kind of what goes down. No, whenever we were, uh, we were in Colorado and like hiking around, there was like bear tracks and like the guy that was like guiding the hiking tour, he was like, let's turn around because like, I think the-. And it was like bloody, like bloody bear tracks. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Wait, guys,
2: you know what's in this year? The movie Cocaine Bear is coming out. It's no, about I'm a bear so that, that accidentally ingests a bunch of cocaine. And I feel like he's kind of like Aspen in the 80s. Okay, but what gets me
1: about the Cocaine Bear movie is because the real story, it's a true story, but he only lived for 30 minutes. So I'm like, how are you going to make this a, a full length feature film, you know? like yeah, That I reminds
0: mean. me of a mix of like Boss Baby, like Cocaine Bear, Sharknado, Sharknado <laughs> and like Marcel the Shell with Shoes on documentary. I'm interested to see how the, how they'll take that forward. Um. All right. By oh, the way, with, with with
1: the fashion, I really want to talk about. Um, I mean, I just think that skiing has really influenced our fashion in a way that maybe a lot of people don't realize. Like the Russian bimbo core thing is definitely derivative of like ski fashion. Derivative yeah. of like the Miu Miu Fall Winter two thousand one thing that was like very influenced by ski resort wear um everyone's wearing like moon boots and like a big jacket and like little lululemon athleisure pants and giant fluffy earmuffs and i just think that that's like a perfect outfit to debut at like this ski resort um
2: yeah i think we've we've talked before about how it's really interesting that puffer coats now are very like luxury when they used to be a little bit kind of like pavo
1: i used to have an apple bottoms uh puffy jacket
2: And I wore it to New York
1: City and everyone was wearing it. I felt like so glamorous. (laughs) Oh, Whenever I witnessed the first episode of Gossip Girl being filmed on the steps of the Met, I was wearing that jacket. So,
2: yeah. (gasps) I recall this. I recall this. It had its eyes on you. It really (laughs)
1: did, dude. I was there. Um, I'm like Forrest Gump or something. Um, (laughs) No, and then also, okay, this is something I really want to talk about with you guys because I feel like we've mentioned it before or we've talked about it personally, but I think that a lot of fashion nowadays specifically this style of clothing is really influenced by like mom nostalgia you know what I mean like everybody is obsessed with posting pictures of how beautiful their mom was back in the day and that's this has been a thing but it's been just getting bigger and bigger and like I just think since like most children today their moms were like kind of around in the 80s or the 90s not children young adults teenagers you know what I mean I just think that it's really facilitated a lot of the um kind of like 80s Aspen
0: fashion yeah even like the TikTok trend where your mom wears your clothes mm-hmm, exactly That's yeah so and also
1: yeah like it, it kind of like reminded me I mean that this kind of came about because when I was thinking about uh the Nepo baby trip to Aspen this year with like Kylie Jenner and like Hayley Bieber or whatever I was just thinking about how so many of the trends today are just very like 80s adjacent kind of like the big blow out hair like vintage Alia, or Aaliyah sorry and like it's a liar it's a liar okay people will get mad at me when i mispronounce things on this show (laughs) but i just think it's like interesting this this like hot mom trend i think is really appropriate for zoomer culture that's like really obsessed with like skincare and looking beautiful because it kind of like eases that like aging anxiety that a lot of people seem to have because it's like oh if my mom is really pretty genetically like i'm more likely to be really pretty when i'm her age it's also like this big flex right it's like a flex to have like good genetics within like gen z i
0: guess i think this is a sickness that us three really succumb to like i think we all have this deep sickness i also i feel like i saw someone post something maybe this is like a known post like how everyone's like a nasty pervert for like posting pictures of their dad when he was hot like on his birthday i guess that also goes for your mom but that that is funny. And, like, I like the clocking of that behavior. I was gonna say, I like when people post pictures of their moms in the 80s and they were, like, really frumpy. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: I think that is so much more noble and brave.
2: Oh, yeah, there was, like, a trend where where people to use the song Jolene and they'd be like, my mom was literally Jolene. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's like a
1: painful and private family drama that you need to keep amongst yourselves. <laughs> like, I don't know why everybody is flexing on these things. Like, just because there's some sort of resemblance to some media object, like, does not mean that you should be telling people about this. Like, I mean, I get like the throwback stuff because here's, here's my positive take on this is that it seems like Gen Z has like a much healthier relationship with their parents than millennials do. I think Alexi or Biz... One of you guys pointed this out recently to me. Um, and so it is kind of good to see because like, I don't know, millennials tended to be very like resentful of their families. Um,
2: I think it's the emotional intelligence thing. Mm. People being like, I'm going to undo generational intergenerational trauma. Yeah. And, like, people learning like therapy language and being like, my mom's just a person after all and actually but actually I think it can kind of go wayward because people start kind of like being a little bit patronizing to their parents and acting like they know more than them yes like I've seen this trend of people being like I have to use gentle parenting on my parents and like de-escalate situations and treat them like children I'm like I can't imagine how frustrating that would be to raise someone and then have them like act like they know more than you (laughs) Mm. about your own life like I'd be kind of pissed off about that really
1: not fly with me as a mom I mean no offense to my future children, but like, don't do that to me if you're listening. I don't
2: know. Do we think our kids are going to listen to Nip, I love that No, movie. I don't.
1: I don't think so. Oh, maybe. Who knows?
2: They can probably do- download it directly to their brains by then. It's like
1: no. This is like reminding me of like um how like you need to like remember like how your future children might have to like watch your like a tabby unboxing video on YouTube to like actually hear your voice hear after your you voice. pass away. <laughs> <laughs> Literally us with Moon alumni. We're like moon
2: boots are like really trending right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, like, Our kids are yeah. gonna be like, what are you talking about? Okay, fashion take is that the Balenciaga, like I know Balenciaga is gonna over, but their most recognizable silhouette of which I think Kim Kardashian really popularized when she was like really in it with Kanye was um like the full body cat suit. Big like bug eye shield sunglasses, really snatched hair, and like tall, heeled boots that are pointy. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at pictures of ski fashion from the sixties, like Pierre Cardin, who famously popularized like the body suit that he would like put under all of his outfits. And it really like that Balenciaga look is really easily transferable onto ski wear, especially when you think mm-hmm. about like the goggles and like the skin tight synthetic bodysuit that just turns your body into like it's very body conscious which I think is also like a class signifier in itself mm. it's like you are snatched like there's nowhere to hide with this and your legs are elongated but also I was like looking at the Pierre Cardin stuff and the space age fashion that like leaked into ski wear and I was like the thing about space age fashion is that it had a lot of like playfulness and optimism and like imagination about you know what outer space would be like Mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of medieval drawings of like animals that we hadn't seen yet you know like people were just really oh yeah like because we didn't know enough we thought it was gonna be really like insane but i don't know like 2020's Balenciaga has sucked all of that out of the space age look and it's just left us with like bdsm severity and also like that show that they did, I guess it was winter 2022, that was like the simulated snowstorm where everyone was wearing like big fur coats and stuff. It's very like, like
1: post-apocalyptic, like dystopian nihilism, which of course has to take place at like a, I don't know, I watched uh, The Road last night, have you, have you seen that movie?
2: Oh my god, I've, I think I read like half the book.
1: <laughs> I have not read the book. It's and I,
2: really scary. Yeah,
1: the movie was fucked up and like...
2: I don't know. Oh, oh,
1: this is actually something crazy. Is like they at the end of the movie, they're in Corpus Christi, Texas, Ooh, which I was really? freaking out. I was like, why is this like taking place in Corpus? So I was really excited about that because it's my hometown. But I don't know. I do think there there is something because that Corpus is like a vacation destination. So I do think there is something to like post apocalyptic nihilism at like a resort town. But Balenciaga being applied to this just feels like I don't know. I think everyone's kind of tired of that nihilism. We want more like Jetsons like.
2: Yeah, we need to go Adam Punk mode. <laughs> yeah, Balenciaga is like futurism, but without a future. Do you know what I mean? Like it just looks futuristic, but like there's no vision of like what that future might be. No, it's true.
0: There's no whimsy. Like I feel like there's something so whimsical about these retrofuturistic trends. Like, Mm -hmm. even, like, a clattering paillette is so beautiful. And Balenciaga is so non textural or something.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a blank slate.
0: Like, you know how they invented that black that is, like, the darkest black in the universe? (laughs) Yeah, and then that guy, like, patented it so, like, no one can use it? Like, that is Balenciaga. It's so
1: true. No, I mean, I do think, like, um... The athleisure thing is really interesting. And I also think we touched on this during the prep episode, which is so long ago, but one of our best and we kind of were touching on like how there's, there's a shift from workwear to like sportswear, which I think is really interesting. And I was thinking about this last night, talking with my boyfriend about it, because he bought these like pants. They were really expensive and then he wore them for like two months and they developed this giant hole in them and he paid a lot of money for them. I realize like the reason why people love workwear so much is because workwear is like actually good quality clothing that lasts and it's not fast fashion. And I think the move from like workwear to sportswear is kind of a similar thing where like sportswear is made to like last and like brave difficult conditions, right? I think there's like a logic behind it that's not so much about like cosplaying a certain lifestyle and more about like the quality of the clothing,
2: you know? Yeah that does seem real like yeah I think that's just a vibe of it's the same with like all of the gorp guys uh and like tech wear like people who just are interested in clothes that have features because there has been like a I I guess general lowering of quality and like featurelessness in fashion or just like mainstream fashion just to cut costs so like when you have a jacket that actually is like a secret pocket on the inside like you're just kind of like wow oh my god like this is reversible a lot of ski stuff is reversible which i do think is cool i
1: wonder why i feel like that's very james bond who is also a skier is like a re- reversible jacket to, like... oh, i know he was tearing <laughs> up this
0: clothes <laughs> wait guys skier. we haven't even talked about cocaine because i feel like oh, that yeah. is like
2: so oh, essential yeah. because
0: I feel like another thing I notice in this generation is that because so much talk is done through, like, comments on TikTok, everyone just, like... An openness and yeah. about Yeah, and, like, using the snow emoji, the snowflake emoji to talk about coke is yeah. such a thing.
2: And the skier emoji yeah. as well. Yeah, I think I, there was... I think there have been a lot of tweets that have gone viral or just, like, general sentiments where it's, like, growing up is realizing that, like, low-key everyone does coke. Which, yeah, everyone does have to come to that realization at some point. Like, it really is...
1: It's a shocking... round. I've never, like, done that. I've never done any drugs other than, like, weed and alcohol, which is, like, really crazy. If someone offers it to me, I'm like, no, I'm gonna die. Like, that shit, Red Ribbon Week, like, really worked on me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Red Ribbon um, Week. Yeah, I think that something about snow, cocaine, it makes sense to me, logically, in my head.
0: If but- someone you were at the beach and someone offered you like a coconut to drink it's like part of the environment like I feel like when there's snow around like it they look like cocaine looks like snow so it's just like yeah and also I think it really goes with like the adrenaline rush of skiing and the endorphins Mm -hmm. of like cardiovascular exercise
2: yeah, I think because your body is probably exhausted after you do all of that, but you want to drink. But if you drink, you might just get too tired. So I think it's just a natural kind of like chemical cocktail that. And I think it was
1: like something about um, Colorado in the 80s was like a finance center. Like randomly, it was like a very um, big like like destination for like stock traders and stuff, um, mm. obviously for the resort vibe, But also there was like a lot of like laws that changed within Colorado that allowed for like more like tax breaks and that sort of thing. And also like real estate laws had allowed for more like real estate developers to come in, which is why Aspen was able to like boom. And so within all with, with all of those, like that influx of like finance people and you know, the vibe of Aspen, like cocaine was really kind of being passed around. Why was Coke so big in the 80s? Like well, this is something this is a question that I feel like plagues. A lot of people and plagues me is like, um what is that influence of like a popular drug on culture? It's like a chicken before the egg type thing, right? Because I always think about like certain genres of music, like, um I don't know, San Francisco with like Mac Dre and stuff, where they would go fizzing. And fizzing was like taking Molly and like doing a bunch of mushrooms. And like, that's why the music sounds the way it does is because it's like literally was like goofy weird fucked up trip and they're just making all this music from it so i just really wonder like whether or not like the drugs are what produced the culture or the culture is what made people attracted to those drugs in the
2: first place you know wait it says in this complex article i'm reading article the complex article too marketing <laughs> yeah it says that think of the hype of cocaine what does a cocaine user look like to most people attractive rich social laughing it's all marketing
0: oh so i guess the crack, crack- it happened because there was a surplus of cocaine in the Bahamas and the Dominican Republic being shipped to Miami. And then prices dropped a ton because of that. And so then drug dealers decided to convert cocaine into crack, which is a solid, smokable version of cocaine that could be sold in smaller quantities. And it was cheap, simple to produce, ready to use, and highly profitable that makes a lot of sense thank you
1: for clarifying that i was wondering
2: (laughs) i'm on this reddit post that has so many it literally there's a whole book called a brief history of cocaine cocaine global histories cocaine the making of a global drug there are like four different books about cocaine history
1: See, this is why I can't ever do cocaine, is because like I have an obsessive personality and like I just know that I would be reading all of these books if I ever tried it even
0: once. You know what I mean? That's very... Like... No,
2: I think it's cool to do drugs if you actually are like academically interested in them. No, it's never <sighs> cool to do drugs, guys. Actually, no, think
0: don't do it. that's very like Timothy Leary. No, it I
1: mean it, it is yeah. Timothy Leary, but there's like a new version of that, like Hamilton Morris and that sort of yes. advice uh... news type. You
2: no, know by... I got I got catfished by someone pretending to be <laughs> what? <laughs> that's so funny literally like my that's freshman crazy. year like, i was like yeah. why would someone pretend to be him though that's
1: what I, that's what i was gonna say because it's like i understand why you're a catfish is because he's like literally the most like random celebrity that like nobody is actually standing very hard so yeah. it's actually the kind of smart of that catfisher you know yeah you know? he's
2: like realistically who a girl in brooklyn would be like excited about and would like think is realistic like that was a well-considered choice but
1: i just don't feel like i don't know i feel like oh this is a whole nother thing it's like i feel like i have psychedelic experiences just like sober you know what i mean
0: like Did if you I... watch that tiktok i sent the other day you, you probably didn't but it was which like
1: which one no i'm sorry it's okay
0: it was like it was like this girl or this person um old hollywood he was like all these girls are saying they're delusional but like they're delusional by wanting to max out their 401ks like when are you gonna start seeing angels and like it was just really funny. Like, I feel like that's what you're talking about. I feel like you're, like, seeing, like, the Virgin Mary or something. No, i literally, yeah. like, I really
1: think I would lose it if I started doing, like, a little bit. I don't know. It's, like, I'm a very sensitive person. Like, I, I can just, no like, wake up wrong and, like, my whole day will be, like, trippy as fuck. So, like, I don't know. If I did, like, any drug, I just know it would be very dark and demented. Yeah, let's get
2: back to the episode. <laughs> there has to be enough in here for, like, a some kind of coherent episode, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. What yeah. Else Honestly, I think they like they like
0: this.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, Climate extremism. Yeah, also, like, skiing has this really strong editorial legacy, just in terms of, like, mm-hmm. stuff that's been published in Vogue. And that's like, why I think we've been seeing a lot of these, like, ski images. Like, they're just a bit sexy and they're just kind of thematic and, like, I don't know. They're... Easy to, easy to pull off I
1: was thinking about how Biz during the Russian Bimbo Corps episode pointed out like the prevalence of like hot women in bikinis like in the snow and mm-hmm. I think this like actually did start like in Aspen in the 80s because there's always like that picture of like a hot girl in a bikini like literally in that pose that you described Alexi where they're like jumping midair like super straight like, <laughs> like laughing at the camera and it's always like a girl in a bikini
0: mm-hmm. I like, think
1: that's really when it started um, I think
0: speaking of fashion and the snow I definitely think Eileen Gu had a really big part to play, and people looking at the snow in a new light. Um, she—I guess for context, she is a, a famous Chinese American snowboarder who was in the most recent Olympics, but she um competes for China. But she's like very, very beautiful, and queen of like slut strands, I think. And does a lot of fashion editorial as well and is like super, super marketable uh both in American fashion and like Chinese fashion as well. I think she was like the third most third highest paid female athlete last year. Um yeah. so I feel like she I don't really think there's been a a big female presence in like snow sports.
1: Yeah, I mean I think of like Lindsay. Lindsay Vaughn but like so this is something I was going to mention too is like in 2021 there was just a lot of like runway shows that were very ski themed or fall winter 2021 so I guess like 2020 but like um, Mew Mew and then also like um, Tom Brown did this like really frumpy like fugly ski shoot with Lindsay Vaughn that I actually kind of like but it's definitely not flattering but I was just thinking about how like Lindsay Vaughn, she's a pretty girl, but like she's definitely not an editorial girl. And I'm I never heard of this Eileen Goo girl. I just Googled her and she's so pretty.
0: Yeah. I also made a huge mistake. She is actually a skier. I I, I said she was a snowboarder, but she um oh. is uh the youngest Olympic champion in freestyle skiing. I just have to say that Eileen Goo also I feel like there's something. Specifically interesting about her because she like represents geopolitical tension because she is American. Like her mother <laughs> is Chinese, but she was on team USA and then she switched to the Chinese team. Um, That's
2: really funny to me. I don't know why. That's I mean, so funny no, to me. like, it was she was a queen for that, I think. That yeah. So
0: funny.
2: And wow, so all immigrant parents were like, why can't you be more like her? You know?
0: So true. Wow.
2: It was giving a return to tradition.
0: She is, she is very
2: um, chic,
0: and people really regard her beauty and athleticism. And
2: um... Her mom was a ski instructor. Mm,
1: okay.
2: Nepo skier.
1: Nepo skier. It's
2: proof that you literally have to ski your whole life.
1: That's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you can't get good at that sport in a week, right? Because it looks complicated. I don't know. When I was ice skating, it was pretty easy, but I don't think skiing is...
0: Anyways um so i guess you know what else is there to say Mm,
1: i don't think there's much else let me me
0: look Mm. yeah we talked about montclair right oh i i wanted to talk briefly about oh my god i just wanted to call the house of gucci movie the emoji movie, but like in the same way like <laughs> emoji movie. But okay, so I guess Alexi, I think you noted that really the most recent representation of Aspen in the '80s and pop culture is—I don't think they're actually in Aspen. I think they're, they're in the Alps, Switzerland, so. but in the Alps, yeah, is. Lady Gaga's character in in the Gucci movie. (laughs) Yeah,
2: this is true. I think uh, it was one of the first shots that was released from when they were filming the movie. And I think everyone was just really gagged by the fashion. Mm -hmm. Like Adam Driver's wearing these aviator glasses and he's wearing a big chunky sweater. And she's wearing, in one scene, she's wearing like a red vinyl snowsuit with a giant hat. And then in another one, she's wearing like a black kind of bodysuit and gloves with like giant gold chains and a fur hat but that really slayed and then this like other girl paola comes and skis up to them in a white um snowsuit and tries to steal her man or something it was very like 80s ski i like that a lot
1: i feel like that's just the chokehold of like large objects in gen z i think like generally gen z will like fall for like anything that's like obscenely large and they put on their body because it yeah. makes them look smaller. Not what I wanted to say, but related to what I wanted to say that I kept forgetting to mention is that skiing is 6,000 years old. Um, and it was invented in Norway by the Sami peoples of Norway. Um, Those people are still alive. Just, yeah, yeah, they are. And they make good music. I actually listen to a lot of traditional Sami music. Um That's there's so this cool. There's I this like band it. called Hedding Garna, which is really good. It's like, I don't know. We oh got really
2: like such a hipster. That's so cool. <laughs> I know.
1: It's like so fucked up, but... I love that band. Um, how and so
2: much is that. Do you think that people just found two twigs? Like, how did they start?
1: Um, oh, fuck. I like read
2: an article about Seriously. this earlier today, and it
1: literally like I'm I'm blanking on it. Where but why didn't they we did read the history
2: of cocaine and then also like a... the
1: history? Of skiing. <laughs> we need like mental notes I feel like
2: about like this I in the next I... episode. I'm yeah. looking at all of these ancient skis and like rock carvings of people skiing from a thousand BC. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was like a bronze age that's thing and like cool. um they have like gods. <laughs> they have like skiing, age. like a skiing god and goddess. It's gendered too. Wow. Yeah, in, in Nordic, so Norse cool. mythology. Yeah. I think that was yeah, I thought that was really cool. They I'll I'll actually, yeah, I'll put this in the arena as well. It was another article that I read that's like an academic PDF that's like paywalled by JSTOR, but I will give it to you for free. It's like a history of skiing from its inception that we know of.
2: This reminds me of Surf's Up, you know, when they have that movie about Mm -hmm. the penguins surfing and they show, like, rock carvings of, like, ancient Hawaiian penguins (laughs) on surfboards. So true. And they're, like, the first surfboard was (laughs) a piece of driftwood.
0: (laughs) Nice. I guess that's not
2: true history. It's in a movie about penguins.
0: Wait, I have a fun fact for you guys. You're never going to believe it. Unless you've already read this (laughs) online, but... You guys know the little Santa's Elves shoes that curl up at the end? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Those yeah. are based off of like original ski boots worn by the Sami people that yeah. <laughs> like the boots, like the, the little hook at the end, like keeps the boot I think in. That so cute. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with I, that. That's so cool. That's oh, just so beautiful. So we'll have to add that to the
2: Pinterest p- p- board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, the indigenous
1: Sami elf boots, yeah. Cool. I mean,
2: it's a bit glo- yeah. the global north indigeneity of it all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the Sami people because it's literally Sami. You know, it's like my name. Oh, yeah, I, feel like, I feel related to
2: it. Mm-hmm. And my, Someone my needs to Disney-fy the history of skiing, but maybe that already happened in Frozen.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, also, there's this movie called Klaus, I think. If you I watched it. it on it's Netflix, yeah. my <laughs> brother. So it's about the, the sandy people are in it oh, wow. um
2: if Wait, you recall is that what happened yeah i wasn't really paying attention i just thought the guy was kind of hot clap you thought the character thought was Pals, hot yeah are we talking about the same like movie? the big guy or the little the tall, guy? skinny one mm, is it animated yes. he's like a postman
0: Oh, the postman. Okay, you yeah, yeah. thought he was hot. He, he, he just has hot. a
2: big nose.
0: He's got a pea coat on, so yeah. Alexi was thinking he was. Hot. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, yeah. He's he's like frog and toad
2: is. to me. Yeah, yeah. He's,
0: very, he's very. He's very. It's an emperor's new group. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um. Anyways, I guess we should go to Woody Rather's because the night is cracking. It really long. is. We've been recording for, <laughs> and I have to get ready for my. I have to get ready for my mountain retreat. <gasps> I I'm gonna start with something a little um left field fuck mary kill (gasps) eileen goo (laughs) sean white hunter s thompson jesus christ you've made this hard for me um mary
1: sean white kill eileen goo i'm sorry she's really pretty but i don't know any i don't know anything about her i know she's really yeah it's true
0: She's a flash um, in the pan compared to the success of these other two people, I guess.
1: Yeah, and then marry Hunter talk. Ston-
0: or no, kill... No,
1: fuck Hunter talk. <laughs> because I would not want to kill him because I think he's cool. He's a cool guy. But I would also not want to marry him because he's a little crazy. So, I don't know. That's that's my ch- choice. Alexia. Okay. <laughs> I will
2: say that I'm going to marry Eileen Kueh just because she is, like, the Chinese-American dream. And I feel like she's probably really good with... I feel like she's responsible, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she does a lot of sponsorships also, so we could, like, wear outfits together. Um, And I think Kill Huntress Thompson, no offense. And also, no offense to Nina Dobrev, but I will be bonking Sean White. <laughs> and yep. I always had a little crush on him, you know?
0: Yeah, he he's very charming and mm-hmm. cute.
2: And we would drink a Mountain Dew after.
0: Yeah. My sister Trust. used to
2: always make fun of me and say I looked
1: like Sean White when I had, a, <laughs> a, a I had like a a middle part in my hair. I didn't have oh bangs because I, I legit did look
2: like it. But I think everyone so has cute. one cousin who looks like Sean White.
1: Yeah, I'm the cousin. <laughs> I'm the
2: cousin <laughs> yeah, if you don't have one, you are one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: Um, okay. Um. Hmm. Okay. Um... I have to say I take it back. I don't think Eileen Goo is a flash in the pan. I just don't know much, as much about her as I know about yeah, but, the biz, flying tomato. Biz, you have to cheat like. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, mm, I feel like if I married Hunter S. Thompson, it would feel like he groomed me because I feel like I started reading Hunter S. Thompson when I was like 14. Mm. But yeah. I feel like out of all of us, I would be the most likely to marry him. Out of us three, I think. Go go for it, girl. So I, guess <laughs> I, would, I guess I have to marry him because other guys are isn't everyone else taken? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Me yeah, and Alexi married Sean White and Eileen Gu. Mm-hmm. Well, so I have to marry Hunter S. Thompson. I guess. And then I guess I would definitely also wanna bonk Sean White. And I think Eileen Gu I would no offense to you, Eileen Ku, but yeah. we That's just scary. don't we just don't know you. Well she's um, been, she Alexi took her hand. Yeah. yeah. March, so oh my god, we well. we've literally That's both so made
1: Alexia a widow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just it's Aileen, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um I wanna do something. Mm, would you rather be cryogenetically frozen in the hills of Colorado or trapped? <laughs> In
0: a haunted hotel
1: with uh, Haley Bieber for three
0: weeks. Are you alive in the cryogenic freeze? Like, is it like premature? I or is think it, like, you're are just you suspended, old? right? You're suspended, but you can never go to heaven. <laughs> oh, um, I definitely. I feel like me and Haley would tear it up, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, so I'd go to the haunted hotel with her. She's also a woman of God. Mm. and so I feel like she'd be able to handle some of that um, some of the demons probably
2: mm. so true yeah with God on your side you could make mm-hmm. it through at the hotel Um, actually I really don't like Hailey Bieber you guys know this I think she's like one of the most useless Nebo babies ever so I will be cry- genetically freezing myself but I think it's because I'm very optimistic about the future and then the, the prospect of being unfrozen at a later date like does entice me hmm okay. I, I, i'm really not like a nihilist and i like don't want to die but i do i i'm famously hopeful so
1: that's actually really nice that's nice um yeah, yeah and... drama
2: that's the whole premise is he gets unfrozen a thousand oh, years right. into the future and his life is really fun
1: yeah mm. i feel like i'm um, a little bit of like uh Jetsons futurism is needed and valenciaga futurism is mm-hmm. kind of agreed, out agreed agreed um, I would I would definitely spend time with Haley Bieber because I feel pretty neutral about her and I think I can get along with most people. Um, it's like my toxic trait is I think I could get along with literally anybody. But
2: getting along um, is one story, but surviving. Mm,
1: ooh, I really could though because I feel like um I have like so many secret skills and like um a really iron will and am mm. extremely stubborn and um.
0: I just think, like, I love Long Island accents, and she has a Long Island accent, hmm. so I think that's a reason I like her. I never noticed that. That's really interesting. Yeah, she does have a Long Island accent. That is really charming. Um, Not to most people. I think most people think Long Island accents are fugly, but I have my reasons. I'm, like, a Southerner. I find
1: every Northeastern accent mm. extremely charming
0: and Me cool too. and foreign.
2: Me too. Yeah. Maybe something about mulled wine. Oh, yeah. Champagne on ice.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Would you rather have an unlimited supply of mulled wine, warm, hot, or um, an unlimited supply of champagne on ice, <laughs> on snow?
2: On um, snow. Well, we talked about this, I think, before recording. Champagne is not we did. that good. We are mm. recording when we said that. Yeah, we, I don't know. No, we weren't. No, we'll find out. Um, I think that mulled wine is honestly such a treat. Like, it's incredible. Warm alcohol. I can't recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing like cracking open a warm one after a long, cold day. Mm-hmm. So I would say the mulled wine, and I want it to have like f- full. Like, I want it to have a cinnamon stick poking out and, like, cloves floating around in it, too. Yeah. And orange peels. I feel like orange mm. peels is, like, a nice stuff. Yeah. Also, like, you know how simmer pots were trending? Everyone was like, stop, like, releasing carcinogens into your air with candles and just boil a pot of, like, oranges
1: in <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was trending? Oh, yeah. I've been yeah, doing that was. my whole life. That's crazy.
2: Ginny almost burned down our house once too. She forgot that it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> It was on really high heat. And I was like, what's that smell in our smoke alarm? Was off. <laughs> and it was literally just like a bunch of orange peels, like burnt to the bottom of this pan. We had to throw it away. I've done that before. Um, you could use the bald wine as a simmer pot. It could be multifunctional mm-hmm. for your lifetime supply.
1: You know, this is kind of a tough question for me because I feel like wine always makes me it's almost like my version of cocaine It's like it always makes me into like oh, a wow. really shitty person like every time Ooh. I drink wine I start fights with people I'm really like aggressive um I don't know but I love
0: mulled wine and champagne it's like I'll take it but I don't really drink it super often I don't even feel like mulled wine is wine mm-hmm. even though I think it is but like it's a it's definitely a different breed in my opinion yeah, like I, it wouldn't have the same effect as like drinking straight up wine. Okay. You've convinced me I'm choosing
1: mold wine. That actually is okay. like very plausible because I feel like the warm vibes could like calm me down and like really soothe me, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's like the same
2: temperature as like your bloodstream. Yeah, it's a drink champagne all the time. Like what? Are... I think it really should be safe for celebration.
0: Mm, agreed. It's, it would have that
2: effect. We are like,
0: if you eat chocolate ice cream all the time, I don't. I don't like mold wine that much, but I guess I would take the champagne. Hmm, mm, I
1: like um, it. Someone's like, got to do it. That's very glam. Yeah, someone's
0: got to do it. Um, I do like how mold wine has like bobbins in it, though. It's literally like, po-
2: potpourri, is what they it. Yeah,
0: call. yeah, it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you guys like into hot chocolate with um marshmallows or with whipped cream?
2: I I actually had both. I had two giant cups of that yesterday. Ooh.
0: well, did you like? Well, you have to pick
2: which, like, honestly, the marshmallows are kind of they're they are like a potpourri, like, um, they're so small Mm, that most of the time you're not like really crunching on them. I think the whipped cream is actually very essential to the project.
1: I'm gonna go with marshmallows because there's nothing like the texture of drinking like that perfectly melted marshmallow, marshmallow. yeah, like a foamy. It's just almost like a sweetener, it's like so delicious. And it's hard to recreate the flavor of marshmallows outside of actually eating marshmallows and the That's scent. True. Like, That's I think it's true. a very rare
2: flavor inside. Yeah, they haven't even tried to make, like, a Dunkin' marshmallow-flavored drink or something.
0: Mm. Wait, I think that they did. I, I thought the Charlie D'Amelio drink had a marshmallow. No, never mind. It had, like, a foam element. That's so it was just a kind of like
2: look wasn't it?
0: No, it wasn't. It was not that. It was, like cold brew with whole milk caramel and then it had like like they added extra to it which is like a foamy topping like sweet cream foam yeah maybe it was good I used to drink it a lot um I think that whipped cream was also really really good um so I think I have to go with whipped cream I also had a bad experience with marshmallows recently because I bought some at the Dollar General and (laughs) they had just seen better days and they didn't make it into a single cup of hot chocolate
1: yeah I feel like they're definitely like a weird sus food that could exist for like 50 years and someone would be like tricked into buying it you know
0: <laughs> like I feel like they don't ha- they have a lot of
1: shelf life but maybe the, the flavor doesn't retain well, you know
0: marshmallows are so like retrofuturistic as well mm. yeah, they are like like, they're pop. like aspects they're like
2: made out of mm-hmm. slaughterhouse refuse so. yeah
1: it gives spam it gives
0: like um
1: spam of desserts yeah, and it's, like,
0: it's like a shape that had never existed in food before so like, true yeah that's like a cylinder
1: is definitely something that the 50s was obsessed with like c- cylindrical yeah. food you know? they're like well <laughs> we can can food now like cranberry sauce yeah like let's cut the cranberry sauce into slices <laughs> from the can like that's not that
2: is
0: so
1: cool yeah, we're just putting yeah.
2: food into different like instead of having like a ham like shaping it into something else like putting it in a butt pan or something
0: yeah. What is that? Uh, Baudry- Baudrillardian food. Mm. Is that real? Salvador Dali has
2: a cookbook. I just ooh. That that kind of shit? I had Published no by Dash. Like- that sounds <laughs>
0: awesome. i feel like his cookbook is like boiled eggs. <laughs>
2: it's all pretty disgusting. Yeah. 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 But you should try it Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Not I literally too will touch plugs this episode. Um, yeah, I kind of want that book. She's trying to get a raise. I really <laughs> need a raise. Sam, I'll send it to you.
1: Please? Oh my god, I literally will cook it because I've been I've been kind of on a cooking bent right now. I've been cooking really delicious random I
2: food. I really have not bought groceries
1: yet this year. Oh, I'll send them to you. I literally will. Because, like, I just think there's something about just cooking a really random... Also, I feel like mm. you should cook, like, a, like, something that's, like, close to, like, your ethnicity. Like, I was cooking a bunch of, like, traditional Mexican food over the holiday... And it really just made me feel like divine feminine for some reason. I was I like, this is that. truly me. Like, I'm, my femininity is being like confirmed because I'm making like chiles and nogada. Like, ugh, it was so that's amazing. That's like in a
2: beauty, that's like a feminine pseudoscience hack. Sure. <laughs> no, literally, yes. After, like, it literally is. After I like trashed it for like
1: an hour and a half, I'm like, I feel so divine feminine right
2: now. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> like, that episode's slayed. Yeah.
1: Thank you for the listens on that one, guys. Yes, it's fun. See
2: we're gonna give you our we'll own see. beauty beauty pseudoscience hacks on patreon.com <laughs> it's true guys
1: we're gonna come up with our own beauty pseudoscience i think we yeah. we're literally yeah. like the institute of Nymphed alumni technology
2: yeah uh, just, and we will institute. be handing out degrees
1: we literally will dude we should become one of those like really scammy patrons like that are like
0: universities colleges, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: We need to fill.
0: We need to somehow fill the void of like (laughs) Logan Paul and like Andrew Tate. Like, Mm -hmm. we need to like. Wait. Also, I
2: investigated and Logan Paul did not leave the pig for dead. Oh my God, who did? Or was it not the same pig? He. It was the same pig, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But he was like, when I moved to Puerto Rico, like I tried to bring the pig with me, but they wouldn't Mm -hmm. let me. Like no matter what I tried. But he like visited this farm, like a local farm and like toured it and all this stuff and he was like they seemed really nice and like super humane and like there was another pig that looked just like it and so he like gave the pig to that farm but that farm left the pig for dead
0: That's
2: uh awful. yeah
1: okay wow cleared his name i feel like ethan klein is really easily misinformed as a person I feel like yeah, i well, easy... he super easy to
2: react to stuff really fast cuz his whole yeah. business yeah. is like reactions. So
1: It's easy to bamboozle that man. He
2: like... doesn't have the time to Yeah, he really doesn't give like digital native even though he's like constantly <laughs> online. He doesn't. <laughs> Damn, yeah.
0: Well, he's also he's also like addicted to tea and having vendettas. And That's I feel true. like he has a vendetta against Logan Paul, so it's like a saga. Mm. Like he'll constantly talk about like James Charles or something, like the latest James Charles thing
2: i yeah, like you weren't even on the internet when you were young. So like you can't even imagine what it's like to have all your tea spilled like
0: All right, we've been recording for 2 hours and 9 minutes. So <laughs> I'm
2: going to cut it, I'm going to cut it off now. Okay. Because, okay like cool. that's
0: actually crazy. Right yeah. Bye everybody. Good night. Uh, Have sweet snowy
2: dreams.
0: Yes. Oh yeah and then also we didn't really get you guys a holiday episode specifically this year so mm-hmm. even though it's a bit later in the season I'm sure it's cold in a lot of places still so. Yeah,
2: yeah it's even more snowy now than it uh, uh, it'll be snowy next month when, when yeah release next, next month. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah well it'll be like a little um, hopefully it'll be like a portal of escapism into the winter wonderland that we all long for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh oui, oui. So true.
2: Yeah.
1: Um we've been doing so many like luxury vacation
2: episodes. I'm like oh. I'm going on a luxury vacation to Austin, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's one of the dive bars that Lana Del Rey frequents
2: and her. I really like go to Austin Solo House. I got an email about their Halloween party. Oh yeah,
1: dude. <laughs> no, that place is so dumpy. It's literally like the tiniest, like most uncomfortable place. No, there's nowhere to sit. I I'm not sorry to anyone who is a member there and is listening, but I don't think it's worth its money um
2: that's a secret tip that I think our listeners need to hear actually yeah don't go to the Austin's house
1: they give you like a tiny little bag of free chips that are like unsalted and you just like stand around and can't hear anybody and like yeah and every single drink is like 16 dollars and up and like they're not even good and they're very low alcohol content this is not
2: worth it yeah they're in the wrong market for that
1: Mm -hmm. they really are I'm like what is this place like I don't know there's another like knockoff Soho House in Austin, though, which is totally like a prostitution ring. Oh. I need to remember the name of it, but I'll I'll
0: oh, dox that next littlest, episode. The littlest, most famous whorehouse in Austin. <laughs> it's literally the best little whorehouse in Austin. Yeah. yeah. The littlest,
2: most famous <laughs> one. I've been watching a lot of videos about brothels lately. Mm-hmm. I think they're okay if they have saloon doors and if the girls can play piano, but otherwise. Yeah.
1: And they have like a girder belt with like a little revolver gun inside.
2: Yeah, like Megan Fox's costume from her movie that no one watched exactly jonah hill jonah hex
1: jonah hill, yeah. her <laughs> movie jonah hill yeah
2: where she plays jonah hill
1: yeah <laughs> sexy jonah hill
2: okay should we stop recording? yeah let's start recording